Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I am your host, Christopher. Today, I actually have two John Carpenter films that I'm going to be reviewing. Yes, I know in the last episode I said I was going to do a slasher film this time, but I had a film recommended to me, and that is In the Mouth of Madness. So, it's going to be The Fog and In the Mouth of Madness. So... Let's get over to the first review, shall we? The Fog from 1980. For those of you that haven't seen this film, I highly recommend it. Um, this is personally my one of my favorite John Carpenter films, along with the first Carpenter film I've ever watched. I watched this when I was, I think, either six or seven, simply because my mother is horrified of 80s horror movies, and this is the only one she will watch, and so she's the one that introduced it to me. The plot of the film, for those of you that don't know, is that in Antonio Bay, California, is approaching its 100th birthday. While approaching this, strange ghostly happenings begin to occur all over town, along with an unearthly fog approaching from the sea. What's in the fog? Well, watch the movie and find out. Right off the bat, I'm going to get this out there. I know a ton of people shit on this film for whatever reason. I know Carpenter somewhat hates this film he thinks of it as a lesser effort jamie lee curtis herself doesn't understand why people like this film i like i said i love this um it's not a special effects masterpiece like the thing it's not groundbreaking in the sense of halloween where that movie created the slasher genre this is a self-contained ghost story like an ec horror comic which was kind of what john carpenter wanted to do with this if you don't know what that is, those pretty much made Tales from the Crypt. If you haven't seen that show, go watch that show. It's really good. The first couple seasons after that, again, it gets bad. Anyways, um, the film begins with an eerie ghost story about a ship crashing close to the town 100 years ago. And later on in the film, a journal is found that um, pretty much says that the shipwreck was intentional, the townsfolk wanted to kill the people on the ship. This is the type of film you play on a dark, stormy night, or on Halloween. This film has an amazing soundtrack that John Carpenter, you know, of course, he makes his own soundtracks. The soft synth beats mixed with the dialogue and the shots of the fog pretty much swallowing up the town, it leaves you with an uneasy, bone-chill feeling. It really gets under your skin in the right way along with the characters when it's shot of them inside the fog itself and they can't see anything it just engulfs the shots when they're indoors and the fog sleeps underneath the door frame 
and pretty much fills the room up with and you got that and then the beats itself like i said it just leaves this really this under your skin feeling it makes you feel uncomfortable and that's why i said it's something you play on a dark stormy night pretty much just cuddled up in a blanket or on halloween night like you know with the campfire going just watching this film it has the same kind of sense of people described it close to um, like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Just, it's the good story that you would tell around the campfire, kind of. A thing I really want to mention is the ghosts in this film. You never see them in a sense. When they're on screen, they're always pretty much engulfed by the fog. You don't actually get a good look at their faces. But when they are on screen, when they are first introduced and later on in the film, when, you know, they're all standing kind of in a row, they are imposing and almost kind of, this is going to be weird to say, but angelic. Just because of how they're lined up, you can feel like the terror that they're, you know, like the imposing nature of them, but also just with the fog like wrapping around them it just like i said it looks kind of oddly enough angelic just how the fog moves about around them and kind of through them a little bit from i think if i remember correctly from the practical effects because i did just recently watch this film i thought i seen some of the fog kind of move through them it is really really amazing to see that on film especially the first time they're introduced when they're on a boat and the crew is freaking out, wondering who you know those people are on the ship. And then later on in the film, like I said, when they're again this time they're enclosed. So like I said, seeing the fo- uh, seeing the fog rise into that room first, and then seeing them appear, it is just I keep saying it bone chilling. It is it is really bone chilling, and it leaves you just kind of tense. There aren't very many jump scares in this scene and in this movie. Sorry. Um, it all kind of relies on your mind to play tricks on you, you know. You never know what's in the fog, in a sense. You never know when it's going to strike. Every time it pops up, though, you know something's going to happen, you just don't know when. Along with that, the film's not very bloody at all. You actually don't, I don't think you see a drop of blood. Although the kills themselves are kind of gory, kind of gory in the sense of, like, it's decapitations eye gouging out kind of like that but you never see it it's always kind of either off screen or it's like a quick cutaway. one thing I will have to mention again um, I had said in the Prince of Darkness um, episode is that in this film there is a scene where this body gets up and it's missing its eyes so it's just like two dark sockets in the mouth is like opened up it still freaks the hell out of me to this day I don't know why I know how they did the effect and everything, but it's still, it's just so creepy looking. It just, it freaks me out every time I see it. And one scene, it kind of just falls on top of a character and it looks creepy then because it's like a still, it's like on screen for longer. But then in that next scene, it gets up and moves and it's just, ugh, it creeps me out. I just can't stop saying it. It just ugh, gets underneath your skin. Anyways, like I said, if you haven't seen this film, I highly recommend it. Just stick to the original, The Fog. Don't watch the shitty, I think it's like 2004, 2005 remake. I've heard nothing good about that film. 
I haven't watched it personally myself, so you can venture into that one, you know, on your own terms. The only thing I know about it is that Superman from Smallville's in it. I never watched Smallville, so I don't know if the guy's a good actor or not. So, you know, just go on that one on your own. I'm not gonna go on there. I'm not gonna go into that one with you guys. Anyways, that is my review of The Fog. I'm getting ready to go over to In the Mouth of Madness, so I'll meet you over there. In the Mouth of Madness from 1994. Before I get into the plot, if you like H.P. Lovecraft, practical effects, mind-bending horror, go watch this film now and go watch it twice. I did not appreciate this film my first time viewing it. The second time I watched it, I I'm, I'm a huge fan of this film now. I really do like. I really like it. But for those of you who don't want to listen to me and still listen to this podcast, I'm gonna get you with this one. Even though I know you could probably go on YouTube and you know look up this movie. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give the, probably the most basic review I can possibly give this film, simply because I think it's better to go in this film blind, in a sense, and just not know anything about it like I did, because you will appreciate this film a lot more. So the plot, as bare bones as I can give it, is a famous horror author named Shutter Kane goes missing. His company freaks out and hires an insurance investigator named John Trent. To figure out what happened to him, Trent tracks down Kane to a sleepy small town called Hobbs End. The odd thing about this is the town shouldn't exist because it's fictional and is in Kane's book. So it's time to put on your thinking caps and question what is and what isn't real. That's it. That's the plot. I'm just going to leave it there and go watch the film. I'm being honest. Now, the film itself, like I said, is heavily based on H.P. Lovecraft's work. It's dealing with monsters, madness, and things too complex for tiny human minds to understand. If you haven't read an H.P. Lovecraft novel uh, or short story, I highly recommend going and seeing that. If you you know reading that, if you are a fan of horror in any sense, he deals with like I said, madness. Cosmic horrors and entities. Um, Cthulhu, for those of you that have watched South Park or know any, have heard that name before, he's from H.P. Lovecraft. So I would say go read those books if you haven't yet. Along with that, this film also has kind of a commentary on figures like Stephen King and L. Ron Hubbard. Stephen King has they actually make a kind of like a small joke saying that Shutter Kane outsells Stephen King. Stephen King's pretty much jack shit compared to Shutter Kane. And the L. Ron Hubbard aspect comes in that Shutter Kane's novels are so amazing and so well-received that there's almost like a religion based on his books. Kind of like how L. Ron Hubbard's, you know, like the Scientology books pretty much create a religion. So there's like a small, I feel like a commentary on that in the sense of like the author having like a god complex. The soundtrack to this film, you actually just heard the intro to this film and, you know, in that little interlude between my two segments, for those of you on Anchor. Sorry for those, for those of you listening to this podcast on any other platform. I highly recommend you listen to it on Anchor because between the two, you know, kind of cuts, I usually put music in there for you to listen to, kind of. Just usually either ties in the movie or it's the theme from the movie itself. But anyways, Carp this is actually the different soundtrack because Carpenter normally has synth 
kind of style going into it. My friend who actually recommended this movie to me says it's pretty much like Carpenter wanted to be Metallica, and I have to say he's right on that. Um, if you, you know, listen to it again, it kind of has that Metallica-ish vibe. I'd say, like, maybe the Black Album, kind of. I don't know, for some reason, the first few beats of it kind of remind me of Inner Sandman for whatever reason. I'm not entirely sure why, but it's in there a little bit. But the rest of the you know, film kind of has like that rock feel to it instead of like the synth style that he's normally, you know, we normally view it as. Last thing I want to mention is the practical effects in this film are outstanding. There are, I will say this, there are creatures in the film and they are based off of H.P. Lovecraft kind of creatures in the sense of the Deep Ones and things like that where they're kind of tentacly and kind of fish-looking a little bit, more aquatic than anything else. There is one, and I don't want to say too much about it, but it involves an old lady, and it is horrifying seeing it in motion and then getting actually like a good view of it. It is just... It is terrifying, really, seeing it move and contort. The last thing I want to say, besides that, um, for those of you who can't really stomach animal violence, there's not any in this film, although you do see, th- for a little bit, kids chasing this dog around, and then, you know, the dog's running away. But later on, the dog is with the kids, and the dog gets up and moves, and it's implied that the kids ate the dog's leg, at least one of them, so if you're a little, you know, kind of uneasy about that, just a little bit of a heads up, I know some people aren't really cool with that, my wife being one of them, she kind of, you know, turned her mind off to the movie and didn't want to watch the rest of it after she's seen that, so, you know, just a little note in there for those of you that don't, you know, don't like it, I'm not saying I like it, but, you know, I finished the movie off and and thoroughly enjoyed it, she just kind of shut her brain off at that point and just quit watching. So, you know, that's there for you to know about. That's my bare-bones review I could really give in the, on In the Mouth of Madness. Like I said, I don't want to say a lot about this film because I don't want to ruin it for those of you who want to watch it. Like I said, just go see it. Really, that's the best I can. That's the best thing I can do to give it justice. Is just go watch the film. You will not be disappointed in it. Well, thank you for listening to this. I'm going to go into the outro, so I will meet you over there. With all that being said, that's another episode of Slasher Supreme. Like I say at the end of every episode, please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. And if there's a certain video game or movie you would like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor or a message on the Facebook page. Today's fun fact is that John Carpenter plays a character named Rip in The Fog, Starman, Body Bags, and Village of the Damned. So if you watch any of those movies, keep a lookout for old Johnny Boy in the... Next week, I'm either going to be doing two reviews or one solo review. I'm not sure yet kind of depends on the material I can get from either movie so you know just goes from there uh, first hint on one of the movies is 
let's just say it has Gary Busey in it. Let's just let's just say that. Second film, without giving too much away, all I can really say is stop, collaborate, and listen. That's all I can say about it, really. Anyways, so thank you for listening to this episode of Slasher Supreme. And remember to get inside, lock your doors, close your windows, because there's something in the fog. And uh, did I ever tell you guys my favorite color is blue? See you guys next week.